You think I was? I literally had this delivered to my house about an hour ago, so I would have one. That rocks. So, so uh, you heard me crack open an ice cold uh, regular Red Bull, and and today's guest on the juice, Justin Slaughter, just opened up his own Red Bull, but uh, the new winter edition, which is pretty winter edition Fig Apple, Mm -hmm. which is kind of nice. It tastes a little bit like a blunt wrap, but I think it's good. Have I told you what I what I thought it tastes like? No. I Christmas. asked and you never responded back. Christmas? Yeah, like a little bit of Christmas. And I didn't respond. Wow. That yeah, it kind of you know, sucks. It does suck, especially because this is no offense to anyone that I communicate with, but um I don't like I'm bad with texting back. Justin is one of the people that I text back a little more often than others. Um and, and it's one of those things where if I didn't answer Justin, must have been an insane like I don't know what was going on with me. If I didn't if I don't answer my wife, Justin, the band chat uh that's that there's a couple others andy pitcher uh my buddy rick there's a couple there's a couple um sorry if i left anyone out but either way it's any consolation i'm also fucking terrible at texting people back at this point so i'm not really passing any judgment it's okay i want to it's one of my new year's resolutions i want to get better at it i want to be better at communicating with all my friends and one of the things that opened my eyes to it was doing this podcast so this is the fourth episode I'm recording. I've said this on every episode, the number that I'm recording. I have no idea what is going to be released in what order. I, I had a plan of having yours released first. I've got to go over it and figure out what I'm going to do in my head. Fair um, enough. But Well, I so, might be number one. So if I am, number one, number, baby. If not, number one. Number, something after one. Yeah, it'll, it'll probably be two or three if not. But I, I'm, I, I'm thinking it might be one. But either way... Um, it's one of those things where I've been like the three people that I've done the pause with one being Andy Pitcher, who, you know, nice. um, do you know guy. Tom? Oh, great guy. Great guy. Do you know Tom Smith? Uh, who played in the Acacia strain? Yes. Uh, I don't know him personally, uh, but I know of him. Yes. Yeah. He's one. And, and Peter Rono, who, who does vocals mm. in Tanashi. And it's one of those things where, Oh, may I say, uh, yeah. I remembered about three days ago. Uh, that I was in a Kayanashi music video. Mm. I completely what? forgot. It was filmed on tour um, okay. by Mike Lassard whenever I was out with the contortionist. Oh, cool. And he, had, he had Juan and I uh, just act in a part of this music video, and I completely forgot about it until the music video showed up in my suggested thing on YouTube, and I was like, oh, I'm in that. Juan is another person that I and I just pronounced his name insanely. Juan. Juan? <laughs> yeah. Juan's another person that uh I've never had a one-on-one conversation with. I don't think we've ever physically been in the same room, but we have so many uh we have so many uh friends that are uh, of the same uh yeah. friends that are of the same. We have so many of the same friends. You um some of the intervals guys, I know that he did merch for Between the Barry and Me who we're about to go on tour with. That is true. Um so I he's he's someone that I want to eventually get on the pod as once I cycle through all my friends, yeah. kind of go through friends friends and see see what's going on because oh, I'm sure he would be stoked on it. 
interesting uh just an, an interesting guy from from all accounts very into clothes in a really cool way makes his own and and, and not like kind of like and so we'll get into what you're up to right now but like not quite designing t-shirts more like he's making pants and stuff which is so fucking yeah he is the man is learning how to sew which is yeah, a that's... skill set that i do not have so nothing but respect to him he's making stuff that is far more intricate and in-depth than i am so nothing yeah. but respect that man is wonderful a great friend a wonderful person and extremely talented in everything he does you should absolutely go support juan pardo and his clothing company masterpiece Peace, P-E-A-C-E. Yeah, so he's someone that, uh, you know, I want to get to know a little bit and like, you know, I just feel like we'd be good friends. And um, Yeah, absolutely. I think you guys would get along great. To circle it back a little bit, one of yes. the reasons that my resolution to be more uh, better with communication is that like, we talk on the phone a little bit. Like, we, we probably have like a phone call once once a month. Same with Andy. But like, yeah. Peter and Tom, two people that I don't speak to that much. And it's just so nice to like, speak with your friends and you almost forget what how you're how like why your friends in the first place not really that but like just how good of friends you are with some people until you have a conversation with them that's why i'm gonna get better at texting and that's why that's uh, another selfish reason to do the podcast this is the juice the juice um, i haven't been doing like proper intros to, like a lot of podcasts do like this is the juice a podcast about but you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna start here this is the juice and it's a podcast where I talk to my friends and other artists and musicians that I admire. Uh, you being an artist, um, I don't think you're a musician, right? I'm not, not right. even a little bit. Uh, uh, about their favorite movie, and uh, you're one of the first people that I had in mind, Justin Slaughter. Your favorite movie or the juice for you is Wet Hot American Summer. One hundred percent. So let's let's kind of talk about what you do because <laughs> we met. And, and, and it, it kind of circles into the Wet Hot American Summer thing, but we met on tour. Uh, we've been on a couple tours together, but you were selling merch for Intervals. Um, yes, in, and what we, was that, 2019? 2019, uh, Vail Maya, us, well, Vail Strawberry Girls, and then Cryptodira. It was a fun tour. It was really fun. Got along with, you know, got along with everyone. Um, and uh, Did we? Yeah, I, 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 I got along with everyone. <laughs> And we didn't know any of the intervals guys going in and uh left the tour like like best friends with everyone um it was really great it was really really great yeah. and uh and you know we've been on tour with you guys since and you're uh i believe we're gonna come across each other in europe in a in a few months because you're you're working with Beartooth right now that is true yeah but outside of doing um crew stuff merch tming for bands you also have your own bootleg company which is which is kind of like a bit bootlegs and it's kind of almost turning into a clothing company in its own way because it's like i'm seeing just as many uh slaughter bootlegs originals and i kind of like you know i've i've uh, voiced this to you before but like i kind of like the original stuff even even better sometimes than the the bootleg stuff of movies and shows that i like a lot yeah no i appreciate that very much i uh yeah, I, I started the page um, about a year and a half ago at this point, a little over, mm -hmm. um, just as a way to uh, just make some some shirts for things that I thought were cool. And it very quickly, people started enjoying them more than I expected them to. Um, and it has since turned into something a little bit bigger. But yeah, I mean, the the initial basis of it was to I, I focused a lot on movies and shows, um, occasionally, you know, some music and comics, 
but just made some designs for things that I enjoyed um, and hadn't seen a lot of merchandise for um, or merchandise that I thought was trash. So I wanted sure. to uh, make right. something that I thought aesthetically was was pleasing. Um, but yeah, I mean, in, as of late, the uh, growth of the page, it's allowed me to definitely branch out a little bit more and turn it into uh, a little bit more of a of its own brand. So yeah, shout out to, uh, shout out to Slaughter Bootlegs uh, and go give me a follow and give me money. Yeah, that's, uh, that's fair. And uh, you should do that. It's, hey, listen, it's one of those things where, like I said, like, I think I've, I've told you this before, but like, I remember I got that first initial t-shirt, which I really like, and it's Wet Hot American Summer. And it was one of those things where I liked the shirt, but I hadn't seen the movie yet. I was like, my buddy Justin is doing something. I want to, you know, I want to do something and just like show a little bit of support. And that quickly turned into... I'm getting this t-shirt because it rocks. It has nothing to do with you being my friend. The shirt just rocks. And that's happened so much that I've got like, I've got over 10, probably like, you know, dancing between 10 and 15. Yeah, you've got a hell of a collection so far. It's nice. It's kind of nice. And um, I believe nice. that one, I believe that one of the, I'm going to, I'm going to attempt a, a stage shirt situation uh, where I'm going to do a, a slaughter bootleg stage shirt next tour that we're on. I love um, it. Yeah, and and so it, it all this this kind of comes uh, to Wet Hot American Summer, where basically I told you I haven't seen it, and it was something that I wanted to watch, but just it's you know it's on my radar. I hear about it all the time, especially because of the show that came out, that uh, prequel show. Yes, yeah, later. they did a they did a prequel and a sequel show. Sequel, the sequel show. Yeah. Well, there's there's one of each, so you are correct. Right, right. So the sequel show was the one that was more on my radar, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and so I think it was 2017, maybe somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. I have to ask because I'm doing. I did a little bit of research for a game we're playing at the end of the episode. Okay. Is Paul is Paul Rudd in the show? Uh, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. That's cool. I, I like him. You like him too. You do. Oh, a I'm Paul a Rudd huge shirt. Paul Rudd fan. That's big Rudd head. <laughs> uh, big Rudder. Um, I'm a huge Rudder. So, so basically you were like, you've never seen this movie. And I was like, no, I haven't seen this movie. And then I saw it and I was like, I really liked it. It was good. But I don't think I was super enthusiastic because it was like super late and I'd fallen asleep. And it was one of those ones where I'm like, I saw it, but you know, I got to come back to it. And mm -hmm. so this was my opportunity to come back to it. Oh, you did? Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's got me. That's got me juiced. Yeah. Yeah. So I came back to it last night. I was like, okay, I got to the... I've been doing in preparation for something I'm I'm gonna do called the Juice Academy Awards. I'm gonna Ooh, do a I like do it. an episode where I do my own Academy Awards, and and so I've been watching mostly new movies and 2022 stuff. Um, man, all I want to do is talk about Avatar. That's that's what I've been on lately. That's the shit that I've been on lately. I just want to live. Seen the fucking Blue Man movie. Justin, I I like encourage you to go see it as soon as we stop recording. I. Well, I'll, I will have a phone call with you about Avatar <laughs> off mic because it's, it's like absolutely not going to happen. It's no, 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 no. I, I'm going to I'm going to sell you on it. I really am. I'm going to sell you on it. I sold Jeremy's brother on it. No, Jeremy sold his brother on it kind of because I tried to sell him on it before I had even seen it. And then he goes, fuck, I lost. This thing is undeniable. And he doesn't care about the blue men. He doesn't like the first Avatar. He thinks it's fine. And and then he was like, how fuck. I feel. Yeah. Well, get ready to get your fucking head blown off by james cameron all right my god so anyway either way either way so i've been watching mostly new stuff and so it was nice to kind of like i'm gonna watch a movie from you know uh, a handful of decades ago from yesteryear from yesteryear and i pop this thing on yep. and 
I was like pretty much in heaven already just because like the episode that I had done with Tom was Dazed and Confused and that is such a nice such a nice little companion piece and the companion piece that a lot of people use for Dazed and Confused is Fast Times at Ridgemont High but that's got like a little bit more of like a, a driven plot yeah. where Dazed and Confused is kind of like we're hanging out on a day which is exactly what we're doing for Wet Hot American Summer. Uh, to we're, a T. Yep, we're hanging out on a day. And it's so nice. And it's one of those things where they're different tonally because mm-hmm. this is like a gag comedy where it's oh, like... Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's very slapsticky. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, uh, and you know, for me, not every single thing works, but most of it does. And everyone's like, everyone's having fun, which is another oh, thing absolutely. that's real, real yeah. nice to see. And so I, I pop this thing on and I'm like, Man, I can't wait to talk about this thing. Before we get into any specifics on the movie itself, I gotta ask because this is the first question that I'm that I've been asking everyone. Uh, what is your relationship with movies like from a young age, growing up? Your relationship now, kind of like as art versus entertainment, or both, basically. So growing up, it was definitely I didn't view the merit um, in the art of cinema. Um, which I, I believe most children do not. Yeah, um, you're just when you're a kid, you're just happy to be seeing a movie. There's oh, no I'm such thing. Fucking, yeah, I'm just jazzed that Harry Potter's on the screen, dude. I'm fucking yeah. geeking. Oh. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So I would say that my like real appreciation for film didn't really begin until like my early 20s or so. Um, sure. I had uh, I was actually telling my girlfriend about this the other day, but I had a um, I one of my first. Uh, jobs out of like moving out of my parents house i worked at starbucks very briefly and um there was a customer who came in and learned that my last name was slaughter and so he insisted that i watch uh slaughterhouse five okay um, and then proceeded to bring me a copy the next day uh for (laughs) me to watch and i remember um i didn't particularly like the film Sure. Nor did I quite understand it, but I remember that distinctly being a time where I watched a film that was, I guess, it, it intended to be more than just something for one quick viewing. You know, I took something from that, even though, again, I didn't really enjoy the film. Uh, but it was yeah. one of the first times that I remember sitting down and actively like reading about a film and learning about uh, what it means, what went into it, the story behind it, learning about yeah. Vonnegut. it. Um, you know, all of these different things. Yeah. So yeah, in, into my 20s, it definitely I've I've found um, a lot more appreciation for the art form itself, um, learning more about the different styles um, that directors have kind of perfected over the years and what I don't know, I'm trying to think of, of the right way to no. put it. Um, yeah, I know what you mean like just kind of like uh, uh, you become more cognizant of like style within like it's 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 one of those things where i didn't think about directors as a kid i just thought yes absolutely yeah here's here's the movies i like and Mm -hmm. whether whether they were by the same by the same director the same who had the same vision or like you know peers or or you know people influenced by other people i didn't clock any of it i had no idea that halloween and the thing were made by the same guy yes absolutely Uh, and that being one of those things where like i was so into slashers when i was a kid and my dad's favorite movie is the thing and I had no, and you know, it was one of those things, he's such a movie guy himself, but like, didn't really, you know, it was one of those things where he didn't view it as like super important to be like, oh, well, you know, I don't really like slashers, um, but I really like the thing, even though it's made by the same guy. He was just kind of like, you know, movie for movie, didn't really like 
didn't yeah. care too much. Would would you know if he really liked a guy, he would try. He was big into Cronenberg whenever he saw. You know, like he really likes to fly. And I remember uh, my mom telling me that her and him, because I think Dead Ringers might have been the the one after the fly. Um, mm. And that's about mm-hmm. like twin brother gynecologists. And so it's a different yeah. vibe. It's a little bit more perverted. And I remember my mom being like, oh, I think I saw that in theaters with your dad, which clocks because he is a big the fly guy, something that was big in my childhood. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where like, and a oh, huge pervert. Right, sure, sure. So it's it's not like it's it's one of those things where he would like, oh, I like this director, so I'll check out something else from him. But he's never a completionist or anything like that. But yes, yeah. you start to become more cognizant of these things, and like, yeah. So that's that's kind of the vibe that you, yeah, as no, you've grown a little bit older. Yeah, for sure. And at this point, you know, especially with uh, the work that I do, I, I try my best to be, you know. Um, thorough when it comes to researching things and learning about films and i find that it you know the more research and more learning i do one the more i come to appreciate a piece of art but two it it definitely helps me with like i said with my job um make things that are cooler and more interesting and more thought out and more in-depth and you know reading director's notes and seeing rough sketches for you know layouts of scenes and things like that like it's very fascinating to see um just the sheer amount of of work and time and energy um and skill set that goes into crafting these things that uh you know oftentimes it's it's easy to just pop on and enjoy and put yeah. it away and you don't think about it um which is completely fine and how taking that extra step as i've gotten older uh just as somebody who uh, enjoys film and and tv and things like that it's definitely mm-hmm. an extra level that i greatly enjoy uh at this point yeah yeah uh, so so basically the 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 one like question i want to piggyback off of that is when you were a kid Mm-hmm. Do you remember, did you have, like, a handful of movies that you were, like, one of my big things was, like, uh, when I was a kid, I would watch School of Rock before bed. I did it for, like, a year. That Is there anything? Ass. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I revisited that pretty recently, and I, I talked about it on the episode with Tom, because uh, same director, Richard Linklater, as Days mm. of Confused. And, oh, shit, um, really? Yes. Yeah. So Linklater is like, he's fascinating. And I'm like, there's so much cool shit that he's done. He's he's really just like a guy that loves movies. But like, he, he can make a and Days and Confused isn't like high art or anything like that. But School of Rock is truly like, just a fun Jack Black yeah. rock and roll movie. And so yeah, it was one of those things where that got brought up. And I was, uh, I, I revisited it recently. And um, it it holds up, but I'm saying it like that for a specific reason, because it like it holds up, but maybe that's because I like it so much because of how many times I've seen it as a kid. Um, and like I said on that episode, Jack Black, Jack Black's character should have been arrested. His band had every right to kick him out. Um, but still, you yeah. love to see the guy win. Yeah, um, I mean, and again, we can also just talk about the <laughs> the sheer feat of that battle of the bands at the end of the movie. Yeah, I mean, the Battle of the Bands that is in the middle of a weekday, uh, it's yeah. like a weekday at like 2 p.m., and the band that wins, it's not even like the whole, it's like, okay, it's a Friday or something like that, and it, I think it's a Monday, if I'm remembering how the movie is kind of... packed out, sold out room it's like for a two... local Battle of the yeah. Bands on a weekday. It's, like, it's unbelievable. It, even if it is a Friday, it's still like 2 p.m. It, it's, it's still not incredible. Earlier. 
Yeah. So I've been and, to local shows and I've never seen one that looks like that. I mean, it's a huge theater and it's like two, it's like at least a thousand, if not 2000 capacity. And, and the band that wins it is, uh, uh, the band that kicked him out who had every right to win that thing too, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, they, like they were a good band. I think that like that song was cool, and it was like I was like you know I was kind of like this makes sense that they would win this thing, you know, and not these kids. Like they worked hard, of course right. they've earned yeah. this. It makes a lot of sense, but uh, even then, it's not something where like oh the kid band is on at two p.m. and that no, it's packed out, and the fucking band that wins is on at like one thirty. You know what I mean? I'll also so- say this: if I went to a local battle of bands, which you will never catch me doing. But if I did, and a band full of children walked out, I would leave yeah. the room so quickly. <laughs> I mean, There's no fair. part of me that wants to watch children rock out, out yeah. outside of the context of a Hollywood-produced film. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that clocks. Not on a stage uh, with microphones. No, 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 no. Uh, and, you know, good for them. Their, their song's fine, too, but it is, you know, it's a little rough around the edges. And like, what, and what are you going to do? Uh, what are you going to do? But either way, so, uh, you know, do you have any of those movies as a kid that you would just, like, remember throwing on a handful of times that kept coming back to? Or one that even sticks out that um, you've seen once or twice? It's it's such a cliche answer. I was such a huge uh, Harry Potter fan growing up that those yeah. that series as a whole was, um, like, they were all kind of comfort movies for me. They're kind of um, like, Chris, like Christmassy, too. Even they're, though... they're just they're pleasant. I read all the books growing up um, mm-hmm. and it like got to the point to where as the movies were coming out while I was still in school, um, either my mom or my grandma would come and pick me up and take me out of school to go see the movies in theaters like midday awesome. matinee showing on a weekday, which I always thought was the coolest shit in the entire world. Yeah, that's um, awesome. So. Yeah, yeah, so I, Harry, I, Harry Potter being one, that's Harry cool. Potter definitely held it down for me. Um, the only other thing that immediately is coming to mind, which is hilarious because I haven't thought about this film in a while, uh, is uh, Master of Disguise. Oh, uh, Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey, a, a hit, an absolute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which, upon a uh, rewatch a uh, handful of years ago, yeah, holds up. Doesn't particularly hold. Oh, okay, up. sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it's it's not the worst thing in the world, but no, I, yeah. Of... Oh boy! In that era of movie making, and like the '90s, the early 2000s, and and this <laughs> is right pop in the middle of the early 2000s. There's a lot of like gay panic stuff. Is there any of that kind of stuff in Master? Like, because usually when a movie doesn't hold um... up, it's either the gags <laughs> are a little childish, or it's like, uh oh, there's like some we're afraid of gay people shit in this thing. I can't I can't think of a specific uh thing off the top of my head, so I, I don't want to say yes. Sure. But if sure. I were to rewatch Master of Disguise and there was some level of you wouldn't be panic, surprised. I would go, yeah, this this uh, that makes sense. Yeah, the and the reason I bring it up specifically is because of the way that Wet Hot American Summer kind of like addresses the gay characters in the movie. It yes. being like even though it's a movie full of gags, it's not like a joke that these guys are gay. Nope. Really? It's like it's kind of sweet. I don't know. It's one it, of my it's, that uh, we'll get to it, but that's one of my favorite parts in the film. Yeah, that's that's completely. I, I that's the reason I bring it up too. Why so many of these movies don't hold up? Of, of like you know comedies from the nineties. Yeah, I and and, and I think Wet Hot American Summer is an example of a film from the early two thousands that one hundred percent does hold up and is still not problematic unless yeah. you want to count uh, a heroin scene. But oh yeah, the heroin, the heroin and. 
the heroin and crack stuff and the marrying kid it's, thing. But again, you know, we're, we're, it's brief. we're working with comedy. We're working. Hey, we're, we're, we like to yeah. laugh, you know? We try. We try to laugh. So, uh, okay. Your relationship with this movie. I already told you my relationship with this movie, which oh, is yeah. essentially, I, it was on my radar, and then you made the shirt, and I bought the shirt, and I was like, I should watch this thing. Kind of was sleepy during it, then I rewatched it, and I was like, this thing kind of rocks. Uh, That's kind of rock. Your relationship with Wet Hot American Summer, go. Game on. Um, all right. So whenever I was about 19, I was uh, on a war path of being living on my own. And I would stay up late and try and just watch um, like campy, shitty, like raunchy boner comedies. Like just that's shit that's not. Yeah, it's just shit that's not um, very low stakes to give me a chuckle. Yeah. It was stuff that I could have never have gotten away with watching at my parents' house without fear of my mother getting angry with me for talks of cum and dicks. Um, So I popped it on one night by myself at my house, whenever I like probably 19 or so. And I remember like crying, laughing through the whole thing and ending it and being like, holy shit, this was not like an American pie style film or you know a national lampoon style thing um and since then i have i've seen it more than any other film um Mm -hmm. i've watched what out american summer probably if i had to guess probably 30 times at this point and that's not including the series which i've watched both of those seasons uh a couple times um need a rewatch um (laughs) but that, yeah, I would say that's my relationship. Can I just dive into talking yeah. about the film? Yeah, let, let's do it. So basically, like, something that I was doing that I've, uh, like, tried at the first couple episodes where I tried to go through the plot. This isn't one of those, like, we go through every, we go from beginning to end anyway, but I'm trying to get away from that. And I just want to talk about, let's just talk about your favorite stuff in it. I'm going to talk, well, about, my talk about my stuff. favorite stuff. You talk about um, your favorite stuff and whatever else you want to talk about. Yeah, um... So, Wet Hot American Summer is directed uh, by two gentlemen, David Wayne and Michael Showalter. Uh, Michael uh-huh. Showalter is the main actor. He plays Coop in the movie um, and the subsequent shows. David Wayne, though, um, is a great director, um, mm-hmm. has done quite a few things, and I feel as though is uh, underappreciated and underrespected in his field. Um, he did role models. Um, he did Children's Hospital on Adult Swim. Uh-huh. Um, they they came. Did, have you ever uh, seen They Came Together? They Came Together is phenomenal, dude. It's so fun. It's yeah. I've, it's. I watched. You, have you seen it? I I watched it. I want to say pretty close to Wet Hot American Summer, right around that. Um, and I love. I'm a big Paul Rudd guy, and I'm like an a, a, kind of an even. Um, I, I, I really like Paul Rudd, but I'm I'm kind of even a bigger Amy Poehler guy, too. I, I, I like them both a yeah. lot. And I really like the movie. And it was one of those things where the, the gag is, you know, the, it, it being just so over the top. And, like, uh, it's not. I didn't get tired of it, but I was like, okay, I get it. And then it just kept going. And, and I'm fine yeah. with it. Because it, was, it, was, it is good. It's, it's worth a I watch. Think, uh, I think they came together as a little bit more in your face with how kind of goofy it is yeah, um, just given just given the context they came together is you know about Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler being two opposite business people in New York City that 
their jobs should not allow them to fall in love together, but they fall in love together. Yeah, um, it, it's a parody on on a rom com. Which yes, um, it is a uh, very heavy, borderline, just straight up spoof of rom coms. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm I'm a rom com guy too. By the don't way, mind I them. Think, I think they're fun as I hell. can get down. I got a couple that I like. I got a couple yeah. that make me you know shed a couple tears. Yeah, uh, uh, my God, Nancy Myers stuff is just like out of this world. But either way, he's so so. David Wayne, go ahead, talk David. David Wayne, yes. Um, I David Wayne is one of the few directors I think um, that still kind of maintains the comedy style that you find from like the kind of original National Lampoons. Mm. Um, I I thought about this recently while rewatching Christmas Vacation that. They, in the same vein, um, Wet Hot American Summer, in the same vein as that film, they do a great job of packing comedy into every scene, even outside of what is being shown to you directly. Um, Wet Hot American Summer, as a film that I've rewatched as many times as I have, I still find things going on in the background of scenes that are hilarious, that I've never noticed. Just recently, um, I was checking uh, showtimes at my local theater and found that they, for whatever reason, in the middle of a week in dis- like November, mm-hmm. um, were doing a matinee showing of Wet Hot American Summer yeah. in theaters. So I immediately bought tickets for my girlfriend and I, and each of us did a half tab of acid and went uh, <laughs> to go see it. And I like there was things seeing it in a theater setting for the first time that you just don't notice due to them being too quiet or it's just not, you know, the screen's not big enough. But there was mm-hmm. things that even that time where I was like, holy shit, I've seen this movie so many times and there's shit that I'm crying laughing about. That's the first time I've noticed. That's um, the that's the mark of like really great art. And like I, I, I think about it with music a lot, especially like stuff that's just got a lot going on where. I can listen to something for 10 straight years and then all of a sudden be like, I hear this that I never heard before going on in the background. Yes, absolutely. And same thing with movies, obviously, like you're saying. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. But yeah, David Wayne uh, does a great job of that. Um, he it's all goofy and it's it's very like tongue in cheek, slapsticky. Some of it can be very dry. Um, yeah. But What Hot American Summer was an interesting film. Um, I'm just bouncing around, around here. Yeah, um, yeah go ahead. But it was interesting in the sense of it came out in 2001 Mm -hmm. um, and whenever it came out, it had, I mean, it has a huge cast, um, a very illustrious cast, but at the time, a lot of them were, were they're nobodies. um, They're nobodies at the time. They were notable. They were not notable names at the time. Um, Yeah. So it's like, and so so, wet hot American summer can be Go ahead. No. So it's like Michael Showalter, like you said, who also directs the thing, Paul Rudd, um, uh, Molly Shannon, who I had, I, I took a note on Molly Shannon just because, like, she she is like someone that like works for me. I mean, doesn't necessarily work for me in a lot of stuff. Like, I get that she's funny, but mm-hmm. in this, I really like her thing. Character's going on. phenomenal in this. Uh, Mike Lee, Mike Lee in black, Joe Lo, uh, Joe Latruglio, who is like a really great, like, kind of like. I, I wrote a note down for his usual. He's not playing his usual kind of character. His usual character is uh, like a nerd or like an evil nerd kind of, or just like yeah, yeah. Um, Amy Poehler, of course. Bradley Cooper's in the thing. Elizabeth Banks, who rocks. Um, yeah, man, and and like you said, like uh, and Janine Gar- Garofalo, of course. But a lot of these people are just like not 
really you know it's kind of their one of their first things basically paul yeah Rudd, it was obviously. uh it was the first on-screen appearance of bradley cooper yeah so that's yeah. kind of fun ever heard of him um <laughs> ever heard of the guy um yeah so it did a lot for a lot of people and it's interesting too to go back i've listened to interviews with a lot of the cast and hearing people talk about how like bradley cooper still talks about how it's one of his favorite shoots that he ever did he um, seems like a cool guy he seems like he's genuinely like i know he's taken a little bit more of a serious uh he, he's taken himself a little bit more seriously as of recently but like he's just one of, it's just one of those things where i i root for him and like I like A Star is Born. I think it's cool. I think it's fun. I got into a theater fight in A Star is Born. Not like a physical fight, Damn. but like a back and forth, like one of those things where like it was opening weekend, the theater was packed. There was a really emotional, quiet scene about drug abuse. And some guy's like, Lady Gaga so hot. He's with his fucking girlfriend, I think. And I'm like, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> you shut the fuck up. And we went back and forth. Yo, you shut up. No, you shut up. You shut the fuck up for like, probably real time 20 seconds which doesn't sound like a lot but you know it was like four or five times each um but yeah so you know he's great in that um the hangover stuff obviously is like his real breakout stuff but yeah um, which quick interjection is hilarious i uh, upon a rewatch of the hangover bradley cooper's character is the worst guy yeah yeah, yeah. absolute worst fucking guy to have in your guy squad yeah i would want no part of him yeah, he's a terror. He's, he's like, fucking dude, whatever. We partied up. I'm gonna take care of it all. And then everything yeah. goes to shit. Fuck that guy. Yeah, he's Fuck he D-Rad plays he he you know, he plays the he plays the bad guy. Kind of like Paul Rudd playing the bad guy in this thing, which is like a bit oh, out of character yes. for him. Yes. Yeah. Still great. Um, no, really great. Really great. So and his good. whole arc his whole arc having basically learned nothing. And winning, basically just kind of like coming out on top is so fucking funny. Yes. Uh, I guess real quick to give uh, the listeners a bit of context. If you're not familiar, Wet Hot American Summer is a film set in 1981. Mm -hmm. Um, It all takes place on the last day of a summer camp. Um, So the entire film is all taking place over the course of one 24 hour period, Mm -hmm. um, which the time jumps are just very distorted um and yeah it it basically is it's kind of a parody of 80s summer camp movies um it just bounces around between all of these different camp counselors and their misadventures on the last day of camp and sometimes Uh, the kids too sometimes Um, the kids as well yeah there's there's some references in there here's a fun fact the uh the beekeeper the the news announcer guy oh yeah the kid that needs to shower yeah they won't shower um they didn't like uh that actor's voice and they had sam levine from freaks and geeks oh. uh they wanted him to do the voice but they didn't want they basically were like we like your voice we don't like your look we like this kid's look we don't like his voice and they had oh. him dub all of the lines and put it over i have i have a little bit of a uh, i have like yeah i love when that happens or like when i know that that happens or where i can when i can see it happening in real time yeah. Uh, one example being, I really like when I can notice uh, someone has been dubbed over. Hellraiser is one of my favorite instances of that, where Uncle Frank is, Clyde Barker is a very English man, and um, he shot a lot of it, if not all of it, in England, but it's supposed to play, t- take place in New York, and it's very clearly kind of in a suburb in England, and Uncle Frank is uh, like a British character actor, and they they overdub his voice with like 
hello, I am Frank. This kind of like, <laughs> and and I love when I when I can notice something like that, and I'm like, oh boy. But but with this, I didn't notice it at all. Um, yeah, so, it's it's hard to notice. I didn't learn about it until I end up I read about it or watched the documentary. Right, I know that there up, was uh, was yeah. the production on all of it was very interesting. The whole film was shot uh, in over the course of 28 days in. Pennsylvania at a summer camp called Camp Tawanda Um, and they shot it in the spring and Mm. it was freezing out Mm. for pretty much the entire duration of their shoot Um, and it also rained uh, for the vast majority of the time that they had there Um, I think it was 23 of the 28 days really it, it just dumped rain which you can see in the back of a lot of the interior shots whenever they're in like the dining room and and things like that if you look huh. out the windows it's they're fogged up and rainy and shitty they did wow. all of the outdoor shots over the course of like the three days that it didn't rain while they were there that is uh, honestly very surprising something i would have never thought yes uh, and it also makes it funnier too because all of the like swimming scenes and shit like that it was like 35 degrees outside Oh, okay, sure, yeah. So they have all these kids, and you can also notice in those scenes, too, you can see their breath when they're in the water. So, yeah, this being kind of just like, I, it really kind of for being the first real proper, I've seen the whole thing, like, paying attention time where I didn't fall asleep, registering none of that, just because I'm taking it all in and just like, yeah. hey, I, I'm, I'm having fun with my new friends at some It's not camp, super noticeable if, unless you're looking for it, which is another just impressive feet when it comes to the director like it it wanted to be able to put out this kind of a film in that short of a time frame with this large of a cast having them all live on location in a summer Mm -hmm. camp for a month basically uh staying in cabins and shit um and then having it shit rain for pretty much the entire duration of your outdoor summer camp movie um it's impressive what what it do, what it is it re, it reminds me of something that I've I've mentioned before that I've heard on my favorite movie po- podcast Blank Check, but mm-hmm. them basically saying that it is a miracle that any movie gets made. Like let alone yeah. you know like, and you you notice it when you're on shoots supposedly. Uh, I, they they brought up the departed being like they one of them had like a couple friends that worked on the the crew for the departed mm-hmm. and they were like this thing's a disaster i don't know how this thing's going to get made and you watch it and it's like one of one of scorsese's best like it wins it wins a, a few academy awards like it, it, it's so fucking good and and it's just like the amount of shit that these guys have to deal with like you know just like one after another i mean you kind of know from being a tm like it's like that kind of vibe where everyone basically you know you have to coordinate everything and the amount of obstacles that you have to overcome is just fucking kind of crazy yeah and then to at the end of the day end up having what to the average person seems like just a well-crafted everything went smoothly yeah. like just a show that went off without a hitch but yeah it, it is interesting to learn more about the the inside of a film production um yeah yeah it's 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 very like and you know 30 days i'd say that's like i think it's about average but still to to know that they only had like they had michael yeah right 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 so so don't 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 you do that don't give them two extra days they didn't have those two extra days they would have loved those two extra days they probably they probably really would have loved the two extra days but the 28 being four weeks in total right so that's you know basically like 
They, that math is correct. And 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 one of those, it, it's just they they had twenty eight days, but they didn't really because, like you were saying, all of the uh, all of the rain stuff. It's it's yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy. There's a yeah. There's a documentary um, called I believe it's called A Hurricane of Fun, hmm. um, and it's all about the making of Wet Hot American Summer, all with with footage that was shot like okay. while they were there. Uh, right. Great documentary. Love those. Extremely fun. Um, it's that was one thing too that was another big selling point on this film for me that I think has kind of kept it with me for so long was like especially watching that. It truly it seemed like the most fun that I've seen Mm -hmm. people have like it's just it it reminded me of like whenever you're out on tour and you're just got your squad you're hanging out with them every single day you're goofing off like it's a it's a different experience that's kind of hard to explain if you haven't done something similar to it but seeing that with this kind of a cast and having you know all of this footage of them you know playing pranks on each other and fucking playing games behind the scenes or like you know half the cast sitting behind the camera watching somebody film a scene and the moment it ends everyone's dying laughing um like it it felt good to watch like it made me happy i was like man i want to be a part of this i want to be there i like it it invoked like a a i don't know a sense of joy that i don't get oftentimes from just your average comedy um right. and it felt so relatable and down to earth that i was like man this fucking rules um and then obviously on top of that like i said to be able to have a film like that that kind of invokes that feeling and then be able to go back and every time you're watching it and in fairness i am watching it because i love it and looking for new things to love but Uh every time finding other things that i haven't noticed before jokes that went over my head in the past like little things like that it's made it such a i don't know it's made it such a staple in my life I had one time where I was tripping on mushrooms and had a really like was having a bad time. And yeah. that was my roommate's go to to help bring me out of a bad mushroom trip was putting on wet hot American summer. Oh, interesting. But so, yeah, you know? I mean, I I like you talking the tour adjacent thing because the everyone kind of like everyone clicking on all cylinders and like you can see how much fun everyone's having. And it's 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 all haha and jokes. Yeah, and everyone's and everyone's loving it. I like that a lot. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're filming a comedy, that's like that's yeah. best case scenario. That's what you yeah. want. That's and that was the other thing too is like it's a production that they you learn about this in the documentary, and I have a annotated screenplay of this film as well that I've read through. And um, but like they gave people a lot of freedom. They hired funny people. Uh, David Wayne directed a um, a stupid and futile gesture um have you seen that no no but in my doing my research just for the game that we're playing later i saw that movie i saw i was looking at his filmography um yes recommend it love a stupid and futile gesture okay it's um, so fun it is it's the it, uh, story of national lampoon okay so it's like um, a little bit of it's a little bit of like a docu uh, like a like a docudrama a yes. little bit but like kind of like yes, a comedy exactly Yes, yeah. it is a it, that's the best way to put it. I would say it's like a, it's a comedic docudrama um, okay. about the creation and the growth and rise of National Lampoon. Oh. Um, and David Wayne directed it. Um, it's a lot more serious than White Hot American Summer. Um, there is obviously right. tons of comedy, but a lot of like the Reno 911 cast is in that. Um, You're hanging out with like friends. That. David Wayne is. is yes, David Wayne is a familiar director friends. that. Uh, 
yes, that has kept a circle around him and utilized them consistently. As you would notice from seeing They Came Together, which is basically the exact same cast as Wet Hot American Summer. Right, um, right. With one or two exceptions. Um, But... Oh shit! Where was I? Where was I going with all of this? Well, well, well. Um, let me let me bring it let me bring it to this a little bit. Well, bring I wanna, it to this. I want to know. I want to know. Like, let's do this. What are your okay. two or three two or three of your favorite parts in this movie? Oh, now that's a fun question. I think one of the best and one of the funniest is Paul Rudd uh, in the dining room by himself. Um, Have that written down where he throws his plate. Throws his plate uh and then throws a hissy fit whenever he's asked to clean it up um yeah I mean, Paul it's... Rudd's dialogue throughout that film is just unparalleled so Rudd uh, Rudd is one of the interesting uh he's he's so interesting in this just because he he usually plays like such like a gentle not quiet but yeah a no, but quiet. a nice like a nice yeah. fella and yeah no he plays a dickhead in this it's it's pretty fun he plays to like see an him. 80s yeah, very stereotypical '80s bad boy dickhead in the Canadian tuck suit. And I tuck think... suit, tuxedo, tuxedo suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Canadian tuxedo. tuxedo. So I think tuck suit is pretty good. But but that's good. I, I like that. I think that like my, I really do think that my favorite part of this movie is the arc between Paul Rudd and you know Paul Rudd's character being uh what's what's the name of his character um. I have it written down here. Dave? Is it date? Not David. No. Um, oh my God. Why am I? Oh no. Oh no. How am I forgetting? Um, I've written all of this down and I cannot believe that I, that I can't find it right now. Andy. It's Andy. Okay. So it's Andy um, and, yep. and his girlfriend, Katie and Coop. Yes. Is it, is it Coop? Yes. So the three Cooper. of their. Yes. Cooper. Coop. The, their like yes. love triangle and him being just like such a dick and uh you, it's like you think the whole time like oh they're set they're setting up the breadcrumbs for you know these two she's gonna ditch this loser and get with the nice guy and i love Which, the at the very end sh- yes. she being like listen you're a really nice guy but like i'm 16 years old and like this guy's a dick and i fucking love it it's it's and like all i re- really care about is somebody who's hot and i can have yeah. sex with <laughs> right he's like, and she's and like i want to have sex with him not you <laughs> yeah yeah she's like she's like don't get me wrong you're cute but he's hot he's really but hot. he's hot yeah so i i or really like fuck that. his brains out so so one of them so one of the one of your favorite parts being that little cafeteria bit oh incredible yeah i mean there's several lines of dialogue from paul rudd that are just unparalleled referring to his journal as a gurnal the gurnal's um, good throwing a kid out of a out of the van the bu- yeah. uh, to silence him for him witnessing ne- uh negligence towards a child that resulted in a child's death uh, I, yeah um, they kill a kid in this movie they technically kill a kid in oh movie. they kill a kid they let a kid drown and then when right. a kid tries to speak up he gets taken outside of camp and thrown <laughs> outside of the road it's good um that uh obviously the uh the mckinley and ben um uh relationship arc is phenomenal right. I want to talk uh, about Michael that Ian for a Black second. Black and Bradley Cooper. Yes. I, I, I want to talk about that for a second because I thought, again, I forgot pretty much everything that I watched this movie because, like I said, I watched it and I was falling asleep. And, like, now that I actually had finally watched it and I was awake for the thing, uh, I was like, uh-oh, 
this character's gay, are they going to do the gay panic thing where they're oh, like, and even, they set you up to think that they're going to. And even in a way that is self-aware where it's like, you know, you still like, oh, you give it a pass, but you're still like, oh boy. And, and to, to get what you get from this, where it's like, first of all, it's like one of the most, like the, the sex scene between the two of them is it's one of nice. the, like, it is, it's really gentle and it's nice. nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing a thing, uh, I believe it was Michael Ian Black did an interview and said that uh, that Bradley Cooper was the best on-screen lover he's ever had. I mean, I, 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 it shows, it really does. And I love the wedding, the wedding being so funny. It's so funny. And, and then having and uh, um, JJ and what's-his-face. Um, they burst in with the... Uh, the crate and uh, barrel package was the funniest yeah. thing. Is like they set you up to think there's going to be the gay anger. Yeah. A little bit of a little bit of homophobia. Yeah. And you go, uh oh, this is gonna play into all the stereotypes I'm expecting from this time period of right. cinema. Right. And at and that, then these and... motherfuckers bust in with a big ass yeah. crate and barrel package as a wedding gift. Yeah. It's so nice. It's so it is, pleasant. It's nice. And again, we it's one of those things where you would give it a pass if if it did the she was like, Oh, well, it's poking fun at the fact that other movies do this. But the fact that it doesn't even do that and that it just it's just like nice is like I really like it. And and you know what? I kind of expect that from this group of actors and actresses. Yep. When I when I see them in stuff, like, you know, it's I I, I don't really expect like gay panic from an Amy Poehler vehicle or a Paul Rudd vehicle or, yep. or you know, a, a Bradley Cooper. I, I, I don't I don't know how those hangover movies age. But either way, either way. Uh, I, you know, I just don't. I kind of expect it to be treated with a little bit more nuance. So that's it's nice to see that. No, they um, did a great job. Um, I have one last one that I that immediately comes to mind as far as one of my favorite scenes, and it is I'm a. I'm hoping, I'm hoping it is what I think it is, and if it isn't, I'll bring that up too. Okay, I feel like it's probably not going to be, but one of my favorite scenes is the baseball game. Okay. Which, uh, if you don't remember, which is a very easy scene to forget, is they have a quick cut to show them uh, sitting on a baseball pitch. And uh -huh. uh, Coop giving a whole speech about how they've had a, a rough summer uh, <laughs> where they didn't think they were going to be able to get it all together, had a real ragtag team that finally came together, learned the power of teamwork. Yeah. And uh, as soon as he finishes the speech and the opposing team's bus pulls up behind them, one of the kids just goes, don't you think this feels like well-worn territory? Feels a little tripe. Like maybe we don't need to do this. And he goes, <laughs> does everyone feel that way? And everyone goes, yep. <laughs> He goes, all right, and then runs over to the opposing bus, and it's just like, hey, the, nobody wants to do this. And they're like, okay, cool, and then just drive off, and that's the end of the scene. It, it, that fucking, is... there's, there's a kid in the background who's squatting and wafting his balls up to his face, <laughs> and then immediately at the end of the scene, there's a kid that just starts running backwards into the woods. Right. And then for the whole rest of the time that the characters are talking, you can just see this kid bouncing through Still the Still running. Woods. Still, still running, running that's great it's Again, so good i don't think i still i don't think i clocked the still running thing it's um, so fucking funny yeah but well well what i was gonna bring up was the the can of vegetables the can of vegetables oh, of and, the, and the cook i mean yes because i got them on made, that's right that's right uh with the last wet hot american summer drop you did you also did like a, a limited uh vegetable can i and, did yes who is uh one of the main characters in the film is a sentient can of vegetables 
um, yeah. whose backstory is not explained until the uh, subsequent Netflix series. Um, okay. He's voiced and by he's, uh, yeah. H. John Benjamin or John H. Benjamin. Which is it? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Mr. Bob's Burger himself. Mr. Bob's Burgers, Mr. Archer, that yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the great character. Oh, fucking Christ. I mean, I haven't even thought about the fact that Christopher Milani's character is arguably the greatest character in the film. Playing the my, my thought about him my God, was... God, what a film. My thought about him was, because I, I was comparing this in Days and Confused a little bit in my head, being the hangout movies and like, you know, there's a lot of similarities... And I placed that cook as the Matthew McConaughey character, the older guy who's a little bit displaced. And obviously they have completely different, they've got completely different relationships with the main characters. Matthew McConaughey is being like, kind of like one of those dudes. And one of the more like, you think about him constantly. I think about Matthew McConaughey, when I think about Daisy and Confused, I think about Matthew McConaughey. And like- you got his, McConaughey on the brain all the time. I do, I do. I, I really him do. him out of my fucking head. I really, really do. I love that man. Uh, and I don't know if he's in it, but there's a third Magic Mike movie coming out uh, in the February hell? that I cannot wait to see. Damn, um, the ladies are going to go nuts. And Mike. And Mike. And Mike, the ladies <laughs> and Mike. Damn, you and are Magic Mike. I am Magic Mike. Double XL. Let's go. So, really, triple XL because it's the third. But either Woo! way, you gotta I go think it's called The Last Dance. Team. What I do, I do, and I should. I think it's called the last dance, and I believe the last twenty minutes is supposed to be dancing. I think I, I, that's either a, minutes of dancing. That's either a joke or I, that I that I misinterpreted, or it's true. And if it's true, listen, it's gonna fucking rock. That it's might gonna be too f- much dancing. No, I don't think it will. Michael, be. that's a lot <laughs> of dancing. It depends consecutively. on consecutively. Right. It depends. Well. Let's just wait and see. Bro, but, could you do you think you physically would be able to dance for 20 minutes straight? If I was a dancer, I would be able to, but I'm not a I'm dancer. I'm not asking so they, if you were a dancer. So, I'm asking if you were Mike Monaco. Could you dance for 20 minutes? A, could you bust a hard move for 20 minutes? Could you cut a rug for 20 straight minutes? I don't think I could. I could I don't not. think I could. And and you know what? Before we get to the game, this is a good segue. Well, I do want to just say really quick my uh the part that makes me laugh non-stop or it, that catches me off guard every time that makes me laugh every time that i see it all you know too but like i imagine that that'll continue is when he crashes the van on his way back to the camp uh oh yeah uh, unbelievable but but so, so here's, good I, I i wanted to make sure that um i wanted to make sure i clocked that we didn't we didn't get to a lot of the stuff but what i do want to bring up is the variety show at the end and obviously that's loaded because there's a lot but i wanted to just like i was i wanted to basically just list out a couple other great movies with variety shows at the end. One being Napoleon Dynamite, which I need a, I'm due for a rewatch. Uh, another being True Stories. I don't know if you've ever seen True Stories, but mm-hmm. it's uh, David Byrne. Um, did he direct it? Uh, Mr. Talking Heads. Um, he's in it. Either way, he's like kind of like, he's in it. It's about a small town in Texas. John Goodman's in it. I think you'd like it a lot. It's a lot of fun, but it ends with a variety show. Um, and it's kind of like a little bit of a slice of life, a little bit of a hangout movie. It'd be a fun little pairing with uh, Wet Hot American Summer, actually. Um, Ooh, text it to me, big boy. I will. And it's it's also got a real nice physical release, real nice Criterion release. I got to look to see if there's a nice Wet Hot American Summer physical release. A lot of times with like these bigger these these bigger movies, um, you know, it's the, even stuff that like just like explodes, whatever even if it's not like a big major studio to begin with, it's hard to find nice physical releases of them because the rights is a nightmare and you know, but either way. Yeah. I, 
I have let's I have what I believe to be every piece of purchasable media outside of okay. the vinyl. There is a Wet Hot American Summer vinyl that I do not own because I don't own a record player, but they have yeah. like a they I own the Blu-ray copy of mm. the film and then they've got a comic book, uh like okay. a graphic novel um thing and like the annotated screenplay. But I think that's about it when it comes to like the nicer physical things that you can collect for this film. Okay. Outside of my merchandise. Right. Get... Yeah. Yeah. Which uh the shirts are nice. The can is nice. The can um, was nice. People liked them and they were a pain in the ass for me to put together and I'll never do them again. But well it is fun. I sold ten of them. So that's gotta, all that exists. Gotta think of gotta think of a new uh a, a new niche object for Wet Hot American Summer. You'll think of something. Oh I mean, trust me, there's gonna be another drop. I'm gonna keep fucking I mean, I I will always have more ideas for my favorite properties. Yes, but okay, let's do this. Let's segue this into the game. I still don't the have game. a name for this game, but it's it's one of where it, it it was going to be me letting the guest pick the director or actor that they want to uh, have the game be the focus of. But the last few, I've just decided, you know what? Because of the work that'll be uh, that I'll have to put in for both, I'm just gonna pick. And so basically it's a how well do you know that is kind of one of those things where we do a little me? no 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 because is one this, we're is doing this made... are you publicly shaming me is this what this is, this... is? you're going to test my knowledge and then make fun of me if I don't know what you want me to know is this a gotcha is this is, is this, this a whole gotcha? thing is this a gotcha are you lampooning so... me publicly on my no. first podcast appearance of all time <laughs> so the game is more than anything meant to be a vehicle for conversation and well, let's have a conversation and so the first handful of questions are going to be, uh, they're going to be multiple choice. And then some of them are going to be like, I'll ask the question and it'll be like, you know, something where it's like, no one's going to get that. I'm just going to kind of say the answer. It's more of, like I said, a vehicle for conversation. But, all right, nasty boy, fire away. Let, let's do this. Let's okay. do this. I picked Paul Rudd because just because I'm a huge like, Rudhead, obviously. You're a Rudder. We've talked about this. And so it's again, it's something where I don't expect you to know any of this. Um, this is all just for fun, and we're gonna have we're gonna have some fun right now. Okay. Well, again, right. if I get lampooned, I'm gonna be blood red mad. Please go on. Okay. Well, with that being said, I'm gonna have to give you some hints. Uh, question <laughs> one: Paul Rudd was born in A. New York City. B. Holly Weird, California. C. New Jersey. D. Ohio. It's C. New Jersey. It's Passaic, New Jersey. He got it. You got it, uh, which is great because I was I put in the Ohio to trip you up a little bit because you're from I Ohio. Ain't no chump. I no, you chump. are not. You think if he was from my zone, I wouldn't know about it, dude. All I right, know every <laughs> celeb that's from my area, dude. Guy Fieri, I'm living in Flavortown. He's cool. Baby. He's yeah, he's really he is. Cool. Fucking R.L. Steins from here too. Goosebumps. Oh, I was a big goosebump. I was a big goosebumper back in the day. And <laughs> goosebumper. I was a big goosebumper. Also, I love that you pronounced it Fietti correctly. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Again, I'm not a chump. I know so, my shit. Go let's ahead. Do the, let's do New the Jersey next one. boy, which, uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. I had to do some research. For those who are unaware, I put out a bit of a, a hit t shirt. Oh, just yeah, kidding. the Rudd I don't want to toot my own horn too much, but uh, put out a the shirt Rudd. that was uh, just all about Paul Rudd. People the really like that. cool. Yeah. Everyone Another loves drop. Rudd. Another Rudd drop? Of course, I'm going to open up the club for 2023. That's cool. That's cool. I'm very I have to excited. Update for the that. shirt. I got to add whatever shit he's been in since. So that's a good. That's a good segue to the next question, which is, 
the next four, I'm going to name four movies. Which one of these is a real slated, like something that's on the horizon for Paul Rudd that's coming out? Okay. A, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Yeah, of course. Uh, B, Untitled Third Knocked Up movie. No, uh, this the first one. It's the trailer came out like yesterday. Not, what are you? <laughs> you're not gonna let me. You're not gonna let me do C and D because it's. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the trailer literally just dropped. I don't. C was C was C was gonna be funny too. It was gonna be because okay. in he's in that year one movie. So I put year yeah. two. That year see, one that sequel. is good, and I would pay to see it because year one is a slept on hit. I'll have to. I I I believe I saw that in theaters. Can't remember a thing. Um. <laughs> And, and so, and uh, the D was a, I was going to say, uh, the D, I just put the Barbie movie, which I'm very excited to see, but he's not in. I am excited to see that as well. But no, of course, it's Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. You can't give me the one where he's the damn elite. He's Ant-Man. Yeah, he is the Ant-Man. And, I and will I'm also say, a huge Marvel nerd. What are you thinking, big dog? Okay, so <laughs> you being, you being, a, you being a Marvel guy, I yeah. saw this trailer for the first time, the only time. This week, when I went to go see Avatar, For what do you think? Yeah, now I'm not the biggest Marvel guy in the world, but I will say that, like, I I think that that first Ant Man, I never saw the second, but I think that first Ant Man has a little bit of juice because it's fun. Edgar Wright directed that one crazy scene. Um, I like Paul Rudd. I don't know. I just like had. I was like, oh, this is fun. Um, and you know what's funny? I saw that movie on tour with Ghost Key. Oh, yeah, a band Did that you go you, with them. Yes, yeah, we went to the theater together and. You Damn. don't know our old bass player, Shane, but he was completely not into it at all. And he just goes, we're going to see this Ant-Man movie? What is the whole fucking thing with him? What is he small? He's got the power of ants. And Good we're all guy. sitting We're all sitting in a row, right? Basically, like we're the only ones in the theater. And it's all of us and it's Shane in the row right behind us. And he's behind me and a couple of the other guys. And every time he shrinks down, he just whispers into our ear, oh, he's got the power of ants. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that and was definitely. So, I mean, my girlfriend is not a is not a huge fan of Marvel and likes to likes to poke fun at me uh, right. for being a huge MCU fan. Um, and your comic Ant book Man guy. is. Ant, I mean, yeah, I, I enjoy the comics. Um, I. So, okay. <laughs> Speaking of your girlfriend, speak, speak of the devil. Um, but yeah, she definitely um <laughs> the coffee now too. Thank you. I love you too. Um, um but yeah, she definitely uh takes full advantage of shitting on the fact that there is a character that goes by Ant Man. I mean that's fair game. You gotta get a grip, tighten it up. It's Paul Rudd. Show him some respect. He's he's fun. He's fun. what do you think of this Ant Man trailer? Are you are you oh, fully I think it's in great. on this stuff? Oh, okay. I'm, right. I'm fucking, I'm so in. I watched it yesterday, was audibly saying holy shit to myself. Um, okay. Again, my girlfriend's looking at me like I'm a fucking dumbass. Um, sure, sure. I think it looks awesome. I mean, I have been avidly, I, I've consumed pretty much every piece of Marvel media um, when it comes to adaptations for TV or film. Um, I've, I've pretty much watched every single one that's been made. Okay. Um, and so i mean i'm i'm in i'm fully dedicated to the storyline i'm here i think kang looks awesome jonathan majors is badass he was fucking great in lovecraft country i think okay. that uh his like they've they introduced him very briefly in the loki series um and i thought that 
he came across as a great Kang, um, who's an incredible villain and will be very fun to see play out over the next couple of years throughout the Kang Dynasty storyline. Okay. It looks awesome. This is a, you're speaking a foreign language and okay, I'm, see, I'm, this I'm is, super into it. We're not here to talk about Marvel, uh, no, but, but I could. But, no, I know. I, so one of the things that I do want to do as having you on a recurring guest is something called Slaughter Spotlight. So mm. um, I don't, I can't promise that I'll be interested in a single Marvel thing that comes out, but if there is something that crosses my radar for whatever reason, that'll be a slaughter, uh, that'll be a slaughter spotlight. You're my, you're Watch, my end um... to that world. Watch Werewolf by Night on Disney+. Plus. You know, that's the one that a lot of people have been like, have you seen this thing? Have you heard of this thing? And it actually looks okay. It. it looks like something like, oh, okay. It's You'll like a 50-minute 50 50 yeah, 50 like black and white throwback 30, I think it's thing. 45 minutes. It was Sounds one, too, where, again, uh, you know, to keep repeating it, my girlfriend, who does not give a shit, sat down and watched that one with me and was like, oh, pretty cool. That seems to be the consensus among people who are like Marvel and they see this thing. And they're like, oh, OK, so that one's not bad. It's cool. It's definitely that one's uh, my speed. Yeah. Yeah. You'll appreciate it. They definitely like they they went a bit more of an artistic route with it. Clearly okay. let the director kind of fuck around. It's a, a little bit more violent, a so, little bit darker, a little bit spookier. I- I don't know that I ever clocked that you were really a Marvel nerd. We might have had a conversation. I, I think it's something that you just don't bring up too often with me because I've. I, I don't. I I but... don't usually. I don't usually talk about it uh, like super publicly. I mean, outside of the fact that it's uh, a you know, I'll occasionally make. <laughs> it's not a secret necessarily, but I let. Yeah. Well, I it's I find that there are certain things whenever I get. Whenever I get super enthusiastic about something or I care, I find that like. Most people don't give a shit to the same extent. So I'm like, I'm not going to punish people with like me rambling on about the 45 minute long trailer breakdown video for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania that I watched yesterday. Um, this is, but this is wild. Know, I, uh, but, I'm very active uh, well, with it. So, so what I'll say is, I completely forgot what I was going to say about this. I'll, it'll come back to me. It'll come back to me. But it's interesting to know. And it's nice to know that I have an in in that world. I've got, I've got someone on the inside. I am up to date. Um, I will say, though, the one thing that has been a real thorn in my side and a real disappointment for me personally is the fact that I still have not seen the new Black Panther film. Uh, okay. It came out the day I, it came out the day I got home from vacation and yeah. ever like I immediately as soon as I got home had like just an alarming workload, um, mm-hmm. had my biggest order to date to ship out. And it has just not slowed down since then. And I have not had time to go to the theaters to see it. And I am very disappointed. Before I get to this next question, the one thing that I did remember that I was going to say to you is now that I know that you are a big Marvel guy, this is going to be such a like you got to go see this Avatar movie, man. You're into spectacle. You go to the if you go see these Marvel movies like you've got no excuse not to see Avatar. I mean, I do have an excuse in the sense that I go see the Marvel things because they're all playing into a larger, greater cinematic universe, which I find... uh... We're going to have a conversation. We're going to have a conversation off mic about this. Avatar, I'm going to fully convert you. But either way. All right. Still on Paul Rudd. Which director has Rudd most collaborated with? Do you know this off the top of your head or no? If I had to guess, I would say Apatow. He's one of my... He's one of my uh, four that I listed. I listed Seth Rogen because technically Seth Rogen directed, uh, uh, I forget, This is the End, I think it's called, that Apocalypse oh, okay. movie. Was that, uh, that that was produced by Apatow, right? Yeah, yeah. And then I had Apatow. 
David Wayne and Amy Heckerling. Heckerling, Clueless, a handful of other things. Mm. Uh, It's actually David Wayne. Is it? Yes. And that's just in terms of... So the reason you said Apatow, which makes a lot of sense, is because he's probably been a lot, he's probably produced a lot of stuff that Rudd has been in because it's kind of he's hangs out with that crew. Yes. Um, yeah. At, and he's huh. so at, and do you know how many movies that him and David Wayne have made together? And I'm not counting any of the behind the scenes documentary stuff or any of the TV shows. Oh, shit. Um, you said Just no number, TV yes. shows. No TV shows. Uh, I'd say six. You're really close. Five. Oh, OK. Um, okay. Now here's a little bit of a, uh, this is, this one's a dirty trick. Okay. Uh, how many Academy Award wins does Paul Rudd have? And I'm going to list these, I'm going to list four movies and you can, and here, the possibility is one, two, three, four, or zero. So you can call me out on none of these, or you can say, or you can say which ones you think, whether it's one or more. A, Romeo and Juliet, the Baz Luhrmann. Uh, B, our idiot brother. C, Perks of Being a Wallflower, and D, All is Bright. Ah, fuck. That's like the one thing I pay no attention to the awards. Um, I'm, I'm a big award nerd now. I've turned into one. But go ahead, go ahead. Oh, shit. Uh, if I had to get, I mean, Perks of Being a Wallflower feels like a safe bet. I said it was um, a dirty trick. I said it was a dirty trick, and it is. He has zero wins, zero nominations. Oh, God damn it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Gosh, this is a gotcha. Um, <laughs> but that one, that one was the only one out of that list where I was no. like, that feels like it would be a safe bet. No, and that's why I put it. I was like, I'd our be, idiot I'd... brother did not win any Academy Awards. Yeah, Fun I... flick. Sure, but... sure. Uh, I put I put the ones that I felt like, yeah, okay. And our idiot brother was a little bit of a stretch for sure. But yeah. uh, do you know who did the score of Wet Hot American Summer? Oh, man. Um... No, Again, not off the top of my head. No. Like I said, this is more of a conversation point. Uh, yeah, two no, guys... I, I'm not. But they, I will say, the score is excellent. Uh, so the uh, "Taking It Higher" is a phenomenal yeah. track. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. A certified hit. Yeah. So it's two guys: uh, Theodore Shapiro and Craig Wedren. Craig Wedren is in a band called Shudder to Think. I didn't see any of the other credits that he's got, but this other guy. Theodore Spiro is in, he kind of works with these guys and I have a list of some of the other stuff that he's done. I'm just going to go through it really quick. Uh, what Hot American Summer, Not Another Teen Movie, and I'm, I'm skipping a ton of stuff. Old School, Along Came Polly, Starsky and which, Hutch, which Starsky and Hutch fucking rocks, I, by the way. Uh, you Mean Dupree, Blades of Glory. If I may make a quick interjection. Go ahead, go ahead. Not Another Teen Movie, great flick. Hey, I gotta, I gotta rewatch that. I gotta rewatch. I, that. It's, it was one that uh, um, Jen put on um, probably like, like sometime last year, and I was yeah. like slightly hesitant towards it because I just remembered it being like in the same vein as like Meet the Spartans and sure, shit like sure. that, like just the really terrible spoofs. Yeah, not another teen movie. Hilarious, so All funny. Right. Chris Evans, great yeah. in it. It's a, Let- it's a great, it's a very funny flick. I'm gonna fly through the rest of these because we're gonna get kicked off of Zoom. But uh, the 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 other thing that jumped out to me that this guy has scored that was recent because it's a bunch of boner comedies. But he did the Eyes of Tammy Faye, which is a really cool movie that you should see. That I think you. I heard I've heard about that. Yeah, I think you'd like it. Uh, yeah. uh, first movie. You know what it is? Uh, Clueless. Yep, I mentioned it before. It's Clueless. Halloween Six comes one year later, but Clueless yes. is. All right, this one's fun. Highest grossing movie in the U.S. 
Um, probably Avengers Endgame. That's right. Highest grossing, and it's that's 858 mil. And yeah. So highest grossing movie worldwide. Probably also Avengers Endgame. It is 2.7 billion dollars. Yep. Um, and last question: uh, his newest movie, and have you seen it? I'll give you a hint. It's animated. The, no, uh, no. The last Paul Rudd, the newest Paul Rudd thing I saw would have been Ghostbusters. Okay, so the the his most recent credit is uh, from last year, and it's the Bob's Burgers movie, um, and he does a cameo. Um, it looks like, uh, although his name is Jericho, I don't know. Either way, he's in the Bob's Burgers movie, and then the either way, he's got... no. Either way, <laughs> and the only thing that he's got slated on, as far as Wikipedia goes, is this new Ant Man movie, which it sounds like you're going to go see. Oh, absolutely! I'll be going and seeing that, baby. I just re- I didn't realize until the trailer came out that it comes out so soon. I'm yep. jazzed. Um, All right. Oh wait, actually, I take that back. The newest fucking Paul Rudd thing that I would have seen would have been Chippendale Rescue Rangers, baby, which is right before Great Flick. Bob's Burger. Yes, so, Great Flick. We're gonna sign off, but. Justin, it's been really great. And like I said, this isn't the last time I'm going to have you on the pod. You're going to be one of my recurring guests. We're going to do some slaughter spotlights. Yeah, um, absolutely. We'll talk, about, we'll talk about what that is and what we're going to do. Um, and then I'm going to have a conversation with you soon about Avatar, and I'm going to convert you. And by next time, right. next time we do a pod, we're going to have a little five minutes where we talk about the way of water. Because I imagine it'll be next time I have you on will be before Avatar 3, which is coming out in two years. But it's going to fucking so. rock. Uh, but either way. Um, yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on. It was fun. Uh, I'm definitely down to to clown whenever. Um, yep. To all of the the listeners who may or may not be familiar, please go follow Slaughter Bootlegs. Uh, I make new clothes that come out uh, pretty much every week. Um, some shirts and shit from your favorite movies and TV series, as well as uh, just some medieval fantasy inspired good shit. Um, so keep up with me there. And I think that just about does it.